Hello, my friends and listeners. Welcome to episode 109 here on the Yours Chuli podcast. If you are new around here, my name is Claire Tuning. I am a non-diet registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor behind all things here at Yours Chuli Nutrition. And on today's episode, I'm going to be talking with Emily Travis about how to keep diet culture as far away as possible from your dating life, from engagement season, wedding season, any of those times in your life. It's actually something that I get a fair amount of questions about, so I'm really excited to bring Emily in and share the conversation that we had with all of you. But before we get there, before I introduce her, before I share our conversation, I want to let you know that today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by my new online intuitive eating discovery course. So if you have ever wondered how to get started with intuitive eating, what makes it different from dieting, or how to break up with your dieting tools like the scale or food tracking devices, how to start reconnecting to your body's cues around food, and how to begin challenging the voice of your inner food police, then this course is for you. So the course itself contains a variety of resources to help you learn how to take these first steps, steps towards having a confident and a free relationship with food. It has eight audio modules, 45 plus pages of downloadable guides and worksheets with key takeaways from the recordings. It'll help you set goals for yourself. You'll also gain lifelong access to a private Facebook community exclusively for course participants participants and you'll walk away with some awesome bonus content on topics like mindful eating, body image, and additional resources guides so you can learn from all of the other practitioners and activists out there as well. There's a lot of stuff contained in this one course. So if you want to learn more about the course and look into claiming your spot today, you can visit clairetuning.com course. That's clairetuning.com slash course. And as I shared with you for the past, I think two episodes, I am actually offering a thank you in the form of a discount code to all of you who are listeners to the podcast. So if you go to again, clairetuning.com slash course, you can enter the code podcast at checkout for 10% off of your enrollment investment. That's clairetuning.com and enter the code podcast at checkout for 10% off of your intuitive eating discovery course, and I hope to see you there very soon. But as we're getting into our episode here today, if you have been a listener of the podcast for any time at all, you know that we have an opening segment here called the Yours Truly Goal Slayer Featured Post of the Week. So if you're new here, this is a free private Facebook community that I host for anyone really who's looking to learn more about intuitive eating, to post, to ask questions, to have a community with other individuals who might share some of your experiences experiences, questions. We just gather and we're able to to talk about a lot of things here. So the post that I want to feature today comes from a longtime member and supporter of our community. 
And she made a post here about her journey with weight stigma. So I'm going to keep her name, of course, anonymous here. I'm actually only going to read the latter half of the post. And I'm choosing to read this one because the week that I'm actually recording this intro, it is Weight Stigma Awareness Week. So when this podcast airs, it'll actually be past Weight Stigma Awareness Week, but I don't think we just have to confine our building awareness about weight stigma to one week out of the 52 weeks of the year. I think every week can be weight stigma awareness week. So here's a little bit of her post and her story. She writes, have you ever been told to lose weight to help heal a part of your body? Have you ever been told to lose weight by doctors who don't take the time to understand you and your health journey, but saw you as a number on the BMI chart? Have you ever been shamed for being in a larger body? been told to eat less and move more, avoided and restricted foods to reshape your body, overtrained to quote unquote work off last night's food, doubled up on you know workouts to burn more calories to eat more later, or obsessively track calories and ate under X calories a day because I've been there far too many times. I always felt out of place with my larger body in grade school, high school, college, and my adult life. I would diet to reshape my body. I would overtrain to eat more or work off the quote unquote bad food. I was told by doctors I was gaining weight and needed to lose weight, but never was asked about my fitness or food intake. And when I was suffering from an eating disorder in a larger body, the doctors never questioned my weight or asked about my food intake or fitness. I say all of this to remind us that weight stigma or weight shaming rather comes in all forms and it cuts deep, deeper than anyone can imagine who hasn't been listened to and lied to about health and their body. The world is always going to find a way to shame us or guilt us into believing that we're not good enough, pretty enough, small enough, and strong enough, and we are eating too much and not dieting enough, and it's all our fault if the diets don't work. So take a stand. You are smart, you are strong and beautiful, and your size, all caps here, does not determine your health, and your shape does not determine your worth. And diets fail us, we are not the failure. So I want to give a big thank you and a shout out to this goal slayer who was kind enough to not only type up this very thoughtful post and, and share a little bit of her story, but to really bring light to this subject that weight discrimination, shaming based on food choices or, or especially body sizes here in this context is something that we really need to take a closer look at because it poses many, many harms to not only our physical health, but our mental and our emotional and our social health as well. So I hope you all had a great Weight Stigma Awareness Week. Maybe you learned a little bit from other people sharing their stories and their lived experience or from practitioners or activists maybe posting and sharing about the harms and the dangers of weight stigma. But again, as I said a couple of moments ago, let's not have just one year out of the week be Weight Stigma Awareness Week, but it's something that we can be mindful of and we can educate on every single week of the year. 
So that being said, if you would like to come join our goal slaying community, again, the community is free and open for anyone to join. We have community discussions. I go live once a week to answer some questions. So I would love to have you there if you are not hanging out with us already. There is a brief and a very simple application needed to join just so you can learn a little bit about the community and I in turn can learn about you. So to find that application, you can visit clairetuning.com slash community. Again, clairetuning.com slash community. And once you fill out and submit that application, my team and I will be back to you about joining the community and hanging out with us there. So, da, 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 without further ado, I am so excited, as I said earlier, to introduce my guest to you all today and to share our conversation about how to keep diet culture as far away from pos- as far away as possible. There we go. From dating, engagement season, wedding season, all of these places that diet culture, without a doubt, can very easily creep into if we are not mindful and vigilant. So Emily Travis, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her before I share my conversation. So her bio reads, let me pull to my right screen here. Emily Travis is the CEO and founder of We All Eat Nutrition Therapy, LLC an Instagram hobby turned full-time private practice. Emily received a Bachelor's of Science in Nutrition Sciences from Baylor University in 2014 and a Master's in Public Health from the University of Texas School of Public Health in 2016. She is also a certified eating disorder specialist on behalf of the International Association of Eating Disorder Professionals and serves as a 2019 to 2021 board member for Houston Eating Disorder Specialists. Emily's experience includes working at multiple levels of eating disorder treatment, as well as providing nutrition education to various middle schools, high schools, and master's level programs at the Houston Ballet Academy. Emily was born and raised in Houston, Texas, and is an Enneagram 2 Wing 3. On the weekend, she can be found playing sand volleyball with her friends, trying out the latest restaurants, or playing with her dog, Luna. And I have to say, this isn't part of the bio, but I have to say if you follow along with any of Emily's stories on Instagram, you have probably seen Luna, and she is so cute. I don't know what kind of dog Luna is. Maybe I should have done my research before introducing you, Emily, but she has the cutest ears that stick straight up and she looks like she looks like she would be the best, most fun dog to play with. So again, I really hope you enjoy today's conversation between Emily and I. She herself is actually in the midst of planning for a wedding, which as you'll hear a little bit in her story is part of the reason why she has become super passionate about creating more awareness around diet culture and how it can really creep into and also steal the joy around these times in life, whether it be dating or engagement or wedding season. So I saw a post of her on so- of hers on social media and I knew that I had to have her on for a conversation. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Emily. Emily Travis, welcome to the Yours Julie podcast. How are you this? I guess it's still morning for both of us. It's yeah. a little bit earlier where you are, but you're in Houston, correct? I am in Houston, doing good. 
Um, pretty typical morning, got some coffee, had a kolache, I'm ready to go. I know when we were talking before we pressed record, I've been seeing you take sips of what looks to be a really delicious cup of coffee and I'm very envious. <laughs> it looks yeah. like a iced latte maybe of some sort. It is. It is a, I just recently, those that know me well know I've had decaf for a very long time because um, mm -hmm. coffee just would make me like really anxious and like sweat and like screw with my appetite. Um, but I've recently actually gotten into real coffee. Um, uh -huh. I think I'm just like maybe a little bit more sleep deprived because I, I got a puppy over <laughs> 15 and she likes to wake up at weird hours. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all on the coffee train now. Real coffee it is. It's a, you, you remind me of myself. I'm looking at my coffee here. It's not as pretty as yours, <laughs> but I, um, I too am very much impacted by caffeine. I can't have too much or else I get anxious. My heart rate goes to the roof, but I'm laughing because yours is like uh, half drank and it looks like the ice is melted. So I can assume you're a slow drinker. Mine, like I make it about halfway through my Mason jar and it like sits on my counter for like the rest of the day. And sometimes I finish it mid afternoon. Sometimes I don't, but, um, slow coffee drinkers unite. <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> okay. So before we jump into our interview, I have some very important this or that questions for you. So are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. Spring or fall? Fall. I'm laughing as I read this question out because also before we hit record, you were just telling me that in Texas, you don't really get that many seasons. <laughs> okay, so I <laughs> that's a good point. In Texas, we really don't, at least in Houston, we get like hot, 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 kind of cool, cold-ish because humidity and then like hot again uh -huh. um but i love fall just because of like the the atmosphere like you know the holidays are coming up yeah you get to wear like sweaters when you're inside in, in the ac <laughs> um <laughs> you can get pumpkin spice lattes um it's just like a cozy time of year football's on we love watching football i agree um, um anything cozy i'm here for it for yeah. sure and yeah. You actually set me up pretty well for this next question. For anyone listening, Emily does not know the questions I am asking her, but you just said pumpkin spice latte, and I kid you not, my second question has to do with that. So when it comes to the fall-themed beverages at Starbucks, do you prefer pumpkin spice lattes, or are you team pumpkin cream cold brew? Okay, I haven't even had the pumpkin cream cold brew, and I totally just saw you post about this uh -huh. on your Instagram story, <laughs> and I was like, hmm, I didn't even know that was a thing, so I'm going to have to say pumpkin spice latte. I think that's what I even voted for on your story. Okay, it was really, well, I say it's surprising. I wasn't really surprised, because once I tried the cold brew, I was like, I am never going back to the latte, mm -hmm. um, especially when it's kind of in, like, September. It's still warm, but it's also kind of-ish fall, but, like, over a thousand people people voted for the cold brew and pumpkin spice latte got like a third of the votes. So move over PSL, the new friend, uh, pumpkin cream cold brew is in town. So you'll have to try it next time you go. <laughs> I feel like cold brew has like more caffeine in it though. Does it not? Pretty, pretty sure it does. I'm not a coffee connoisseur by any means, but I know how I feel post cold brew versus post normal coffee. And I'm like on a whole other level. Okay. Watch out. Yeah. I think that's been my hesitation, but maybe I'll drink like smaller amounts of it. So my body's not overloaded. By there we go. We <laughs> got a slow introduction. Yeah, um, yeah. Next question. Do you prefer to dress up or dress down? Oh man. 
this is a difficult one. Okay. My friends would say dress up hands down. Um, but throughout quarantine, it's been really nice to just like wear sweatpants and pajamas like from the waist down and, and like nicer looking tops from the waist up. Um, but I kind of miss dressing up. I miss dressing up. I miss dressing up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm <laughs> laughing as you're saying like since quarantine, you've been doing sweatpants on the bottom, fancier shirts on the top. I laugh because that's how I've always been. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do everything virtually with pretty much everyone and people like you, all of my clients. So I'm always like pajama pants, sweats on the bottom. I'm, today I'm wearing a sweatshirt, so I'm not dressed up at all. But sometimes I glam it up on the top, usually never on the bottom. But um, fair. I like that. Dress up. Um, final two, lakes or oceans? Oceans. There's just something about the, the sound of the waves. I agree. Yeah. And as long, as long as you don't mind sand. I'm, I think I'm team ocean as well, but I know some people like hate sand, in which case the lake would be their oasis yes. for sure. I feel like it depends on the type of sand. Like if anyone's familiar with Galveston beach, like it's kind of like hard mud. Uh -huh. um, but like take me to like Florida or somewhere with like the white sand. The white sand. Yes. yes. I'm with you there for sure. <laughs> um, final one. This is very important. I must know. Are you a cake person or a cupcake person? Oh man. Um, I think I'm going to have to go rogue and say cookie. I know Ooh. it wasn't an option. You went off menu. Right <laughs> I, know. I, do, I, I mean like cakes and cupcakes, like they're good. I'll eat them. Like I like to do the little sandwich thing with cupcakes where you yes. like break off the yes. bottom and put the icing in the middle. Um, I think if I had to choose, I'd say cupcake, but really cookie, like there's nothing better than a warm, gooey chocolate chip cookie. Okay. I don't disagree. If I had to choose cake, cake, cupcake, or cookie, I think I would choose cupcake, but it, you made me laugh when you say like the sandwich thing, because I was going to say that if you didn't, and I've never had someone tell me before, before I added that in that they do that. So for anyone who's listening, first takeaway of this episode of the Yours Truly podcast, next time you eat a cupcake, break off the bottom, add it to the top, make it a sandwich. I love um, how evenly the icing is spread throughout each bite when you do it that way. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right, uh, hot tips from your two dietitians here. That, that's a wrap. That's our show. <laughs> Just here to talk about cupcakes. Um, but now transitioning into a, a little bit more of our episode, now that we know a little bit more about you, kind of the, the fun side of you, we got some giggles out. For anyone who doesn't know you, is not familiar with who you are or your work, yet. Um, just share if you wouldn't mind a little bit about you and what it is that you do on the daily. Yeah, so I'll try to do the short version of this because I know we have a lot of other good topics. Uh -huh, to get. Uh -huh. um, but I am a dietitian. I mostly see people with eating disorders. I see some people uh, who may have just had chronic dieting and are trying to eat intuitively, or I see kids with picky eating, but basically any client that is kind of rooted in that like disordered eating habits, uh, that's my main clientele, I would say. Uh, we All Eat, which is my practice name, actually started as an Instagram hobby. Mm -hmm. I was like finishing up grad school and like wanted something to do with some extra time that I had, and I tried out recipe development on there and it was not my passion, nor was I very good. At it. <laughs> I'm much better at following recipes than coming up with them. 
Um, but I just kind of, I've always felt really passionate about intuitive eating, about health at every size and wanted to get that message, message across. Um, and so just kept using it as like a platform to post and share that message. And then slowly over time, I, I worked for an eating disorder treatment facility and gained a lot of great experience there. And slowly but surely, along with some nudges from colleagues of mine, uh, it turned into a private practice. And so it's been really cool to say that my Instagram hobby became my full-time job, <laughs> which I feel like is so millennial, like Gen Z era. Of yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically it. I see people in person in Houston, Texas, uh, and then I see people virtually all over as well. So especially since, uh, COVID-19 began, (laughs) we're on a team virtual most of the time, but I think it's so interesting and funny how you share kind of what you do full-time now for a living started in part, at least is like a hobby on Instagram. I have a feeling that you're not the only dietitian who would say something similar. Like I have a private practice now, but I started off on Instagram years ago, posting pictures of food and, you know, trying to create recipes. I'm laughing a little bit inside because I am 100% the same way. It was like throughout my dietetic internship, like, Oh, pretty picture of food. I'm going to try to make a recipe, but I very quickly realized to be a recipe developer, I had to be very precise and I had to measure. And that is so not my personality. I was like, pinch of this little bit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, Claire, this is not how we create reliable, repeatable recipes. So I, it sounds like much like yourself decided, you know, I love talking about the food piece. We can keep that component, but we'll maybe leave the recipe development to someone else. And it's funny, you might relate to this. If you, and I'm not encouraging people to do this, but they're probably going to do it after I say this. If you scroll way back on my We All Eat Instagram, like you can just see my growth very clearly. It's like pictures of food and then there's like pictures of me for some reason. And then like, you know, it's just kind of like goes on and on. Then there's like a lot of pink a lot of pink, which is fine. Like pink's a great color, but it's like by no means am I like a super froofy, like girly girl, love pink all the time. Um, And so it's like, finally, I feel like at a place that really represents my personality and like the clients that I work with. Uh, And that's just been really cool to see it kind of like transition over time as I've grown and learned about the field and like about myself. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the cool things about social media. I mean, I feel like it's a double-edged sword because it's like, I could go back into my old posts and see some things that aren't so representative of the message that I have now, or maybe they're problematic in a way that I didn't realize back then. Like I totally resonate with, it was like food pictures, then a lot of photos of me. And then I was like, oh, maybe there's a better way to go about this where I'm not so centered all the time. And yeah, and I kind of feel similar about, you know, my feed and, you know, my presence as well, but it's really interesting to kind of have that Um, feed to kind of look back on is like, hey, we all grow, we all kind of shift our messaging. And that's just a fact of life. Like, wouldn't it be weird if a provider's messaging never grew or shifted or changed? Like, I feel like that would be a little bit, you know, more scary and problematic if there was no evolution over like five, six years of time. But um, anywho, you kind of alluded to a couple of moments ago that we have a lot of fun content to dive into that I'm hoping will be very helpful for a lot of our listener base. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you yourself are currently planning for a wedding. You said you got engaged like right before COVID everything happened, right? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my fiance and I got engaged in March uh -huh. um, and it, literally like four days later, everybody went into quarantine. <laughs> um, but I mean, I've dated over the years and uh -huh. Um, it's definitely been something that I have enjoyed. Like I like meeting new people. I like getting to know people. And so like dating was something that was always really fun to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and with that, I think, and we, we kind of talked about this and I'll mention it now. Like I am in a normal body, cisgendered, heterosexual woman, white woman. And I feel like my experience is definitely going to be super different compared to other people that might follow my blog. We all eat. Instagram, whatever you want to call that. Um, and so I, I kind of already had this like interest in dating. And then I also wanted to like transpose that overlap it with the intuitive eating diet culture world, health at every size, because there's so much there that's happening that people don't always talk about. Um, and then also to like learn from other people's experiences with dating too, and, and try to just help out there in any way that I can. So it's yeah. been cool uh, experiencing dating and then getting engaged and kind of moving through these different phases, working towards marriage is our, our ultimate goal with me and my fiance um, and hearing just other people's like experiences and troubles and obstacles that they've experienced through those different phases too. So I'm really just hoping to create a space where people can share their stories, relate to one another, talk about what helped them, what hurt them. And so that it just can help other people. Cause I, I know that I'm not going to be the last one who's going through this and, and seeing the different things that come up because of diet culture. Yeah. And I love kind of this idea that you're trying to create maybe a community, like a collection of all different types of people with all different types of lived experience to be like, these are the many different things that we all may or may not face kind of when navigating this period of time where it is dating, engagements, weddings, being in weddings, going to weddings, you know, all of these things. So um, one of the things that first caught my attention on your feed and some of your content when we first connected a couple of months ago, which actually is kind of what triggered me to be like, do you want to come on the podcast? Like, I've never talked about this before, but um, it was at a time and you still talk about this in your feed, but I think one of the first posts that caught my attention was you were focusing in on how diet culture kind of seeps into, I mean, every period of life, but especially the period of life where maybe people are dating, they're going to weddings, they're having a wedding, being in weddings, all of that. And I would love for you to maybe just take a couple of moments to share some of the the ways in which you see diet culture really heavily influencing or having an impact kind of on the, this culture or this time in our lives. I know there's many different ways know, like, it seeps in, but maybe like some of the, the biggest ways that you see, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So um, I, in throughout this conversation that we have today, I'm probably going to kind of speak to dating engagement and wedding because that's how my brain works and, and uh -huh. what seems like a natural progression. Um, so first I'm going to speak to it in the form of dating. Um, I feel like first and foremost, our media platforms do not help anyone in this matter. And I've talked about this before in a podcast. When we think about dating shows, either like reality shows or um, well, really just reality shows, <laughs> um, like The Bachelor or something yeah. along those lines. So many, I, I could go on and on. Like we really only see one type of body size. And so mm -hmm. automatically, I think that sets up a lot of people who are thinking, oh, well, if I'm supposed to be desirable or dateable, then I'm supposed to look like the pe pe people on the 
uh, dating show, you know, and, and that's not helpful to start out with. Um, and then I think in our culture too, and this probably varies across the world and maybe in different cultures, um, but there seems to be some sort of conversation that like one type of body and one type of look is attractive mm -hmm. um, or this norm of like, oh, well, you shouldn't eat too much in front of this person or, oh, you should lose weight in, um, um, oh, what is the word? Oh, they use the words like revenge body and things like that. It's like all of these keywords and topics and behaviors that kind of get thrown around and really normalized um, really damage our dating culture dating culture yeah, yeah we can call it that uh -huh. um, or even just photoshop i mean I, i've seen it a lot on instagram with um people in our community sharing like before and after photos of photoshop to highlight like how much people can change their bodies and mm -hmm. i think about how that could then imply uh, or not imply but affect um like dating profiles and dating apps and people are then not even posting pictures of what they really look like. And then when we start comparing those pictures, it's like, well, is that what I'm supposed to look like? Or am I supposed to look like myself? Like, I don't, I don't know. It, it gets really muddled, I think. Um, and then throughout engagement season, which is where I'm currently at, I feel like there suddenly becomes this pressure of like, oh, well, you know, are you shedding for the wedding is one word that I've heard yeah. or slogan I've heard. Some of these things I've never heard before until like- and you're like, you're like, am I a block of cheese? Like what is- Exactly. My Parmesan or cheddar? Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, right. And these, these phrases and, and I've had other friends get married too. And, and some that follow intuitive eating and weren't concerned about their body size and others who were really wrapped up in diet culture and tried to change their bodies for the wedding. And I personally just feel like marriage is about so much more than like what my body looks like on one single day of my life. Mm -hmm. um, but even that it's been really interesting and, and at times difficult to kind of think like, Oh, well we're having engagement pictures. Like, what is that going to be like? You know, what angles are going to be the ones I like versus not like, and, and kind of my perfectionism really comes out then and, and tries to manipulate like, just some thought patterns there, but I think it's, it's good to have like an open relationship with your partner and be able to just, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Okay. Open, just openly communicate about the things that come up because it can be really helpful. Um, so engagement season, that one's, there's kind of just like random little spurts of like stress that I feel like come up. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, when it comes to the wedding itself, like we have to think about your wedding dress, there could be some pressure or pressure from family members or what family members are choosing to do in preparation for the wedding and um, a lot of other conversations and things that may, ha may be happening that relate to you or just happening around you. Um, so it's, it is very complex as you can tell. I feel like I'm bouncing around from a lot of different topics that we could probably spend the whole podcast on, but um, there's just so much there with the different categories. Yeah. And I mean, even as you're speaking a little bit, and I guess, you know, I should preface kind of like you said earlier, I also live in a smaller body, a highly privileged body. Also, I've never before been engaged or planned for a wedding. So I guess my perspective here, I'm coming, I'm asking you, you know, I'm getting curious. I'm maybe even looking at some of my friends who have gotten this. And I think it really is easy to see kind of from an outsider's, you know, myself perspective, yeah. like, oh my gosh, like not only is the idea or the concept of like, I'm 
committing to someone for the rest of my life. Like, I think that in and of itself, no matter how much you love or care for a person, that's like, who, <laughs> right? That's like a big thought to think of. And then on top of this comes, and the, like you were saying, the pressure from my family, the pressure to maybe fit into a certain type of dress or a certain size dress, the, the photos, having everyone who I've ever cared about, their fingers crossed, hopefully in person, not on Zoom, <laughs> right? So I can just imagine from again, someone personally who's never gone through this before, hopefully one day, but just all of the the pressure that kind of goes into this that makes it a really challenging season when it's maybe meant to be one of the most exciting, you know, exploratory times. So from all of the kind of examples that you just listed from dating, engagement, wedding, and kind of the ways that diet culture makes this even more challenging or even more problematic than it would be otherwise, why do you maybe see some of these things coming at a detriment to like dating, engagement, wedding planning? Like why is maybe the fixation on only a certain type of body or having to look a certain way or, you know, fitting into what your family wants? Like why is that problematic in your eyes kind of for this season of life? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And, and I already have like five answers to this, so I'm going to try to <laughs> narrow it in. Um, first off, I think of control. And I think especially during the dating aspect, like we can't control what other people think about us, whether they like us or not. They want to go on a second date or if they're like, no, I think I just see you as a friend. Like we have no control over that. And I definitely think there is a uh, desire to be accepted and loved and cared for and just to connect. I mean, we're human, right? Like we want that out of a friendship or out of a romantic relationship. And so I think too, just the fear of rejection can be in there. Like there's so many little aspects to that. I think we start telling ourselves a story of, oh, because they don't want to go on a second date with me. Um, that must be because of me, right? Like we like to blame ourselves for things that have nothing to do with us. It could be that they found the love of their life on the subway. I don't know, like <laughs> after the first date, um, like it could be something totally, totally different. Um, but I, I think especially from, I'll speak from my own experience and I'm sure other people can relate to this as well. Like we're, we're just so quick to blame ourselves. And then when we blame ourselves, we start thinking about the things that we are insecure about or think that we need to change already. And I think for a lot of people that ends up being our appearance or our weight, um, especially if it's like in the dating realm um, earlier on in a relationship, because maybe they're like, oh, well, they saw me and suddenly they, they thought that they didn't want to be with me or something like that, when really it could be, um, oh, I felt really insecure. I wasn't really myself. I was really quiet. I couldn't make eye contact. Like, you know, all of these other things that maybe were a product of insecurity or lack of confidence or lack of self-esteem that then we're saying like, oh, well, if I was just blank pounds less, they would have liked me more. Um, when we know that that's not necessarily true. Um, and, and I would like to point this out. If that person likes you because you weigh blank pounds less, they're not the person for you. Like there's someone who is caring more about what you look like instead of who you actually are as a person. Because for anybody, I think we're all talented in unique ways and have intelligent and different intelligence in different ways. Like 
so many different strengths that people have. And like, you want a romantic partner that likes you for those reasons. And sure, if they find you attractive, like that'd be great too. Um, but if finding you attractive is the only reason that y'all are together, it's going to turn your focus more so onto what you look like and for the rest of your relationship, you know, like talk yeah. about pressure and <laughs> talk about some arguments that are probably going to come up in that relationship. Like, I know I'm going to get wrinkles. My boobs are going to sag. Like things are going to happen. <laughs> Bodies change. Yes. <laughs> Who likes me for what I look like? There's going to be a day where I am no longer satisfying my partner with that. So I, I think starting with the dating phase, like it's so important to just find someone that can be your best friend that you also have a, a, a romantic connection with because there's going to be so many trials, so many changes to both of your bodies. Like so many things are just going to happen. And so when we make dating just about our bodies, like we're really missing the mark on like what that romantic relationship could look like. Yeah. And for anyone too, this actually ties in really nicely to an episode. I don't know exactly when this is going to air, but a couple episodes ago for anyone who's looking for more information on like how normal it is that bodies change over time, go back and listen to my episode with Erica Leon. It's awesome. We talk all about bodies changing, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So when you were talking about I am going to have wrinkles. My boobs are going to sag. Like that very much reminded me of my my talk with her. But you know, too, I love that you're kind of touching on this idea of what we're looking for in a partner. I mean, even in a friend, right? Whether there's a romantic connection or not, I feel like we're looking for that unconditional love, acceptance, caring. But what you were describing with like my partner will only like me if I'm X pounds less. That's a very conditional type of love. Like, can you imagine like telling a kid, for example, like I will only love you when you do exactly what I want, <laughs> right? That's not going to happen. That's a very conditional type of love. And I think we can kind of bring that into the, the dating arena as well. And if someone is telling you, I will only love you and care for you when you appear this way, that's not kind of that unconditional love that we're, I think I say this collectively, I know I'm generalizing, but I think we're all looking for, searching for, or hoping for. So um, now that we've kind of drawn some awareness to why diet culture seeps in, how it does, why it's problematic, I would love to maybe pick your brain for a couple of tactical things that people who are maybe in this phase of life, maybe they're dating, maybe they're engaged like you, maybe they're like, my wedding is three days away and I'm freaking out, you know, wherever they are. Um, what is maybe one or two tips that you might offer to hopefully help to keep people in the joyous part of this time of life rather than letting diet culture come in and run the show, steal all the joy, make everything about weight, appearance, et cetera? Yeah. Um, I will do my best to keep it to one to two. Um, <laughs> I think You're a plethora of resources. <laughs> um, first and foremost, I think being 100% true to yourself is just so important. Um, and maybe that is early on in, in whatever phase of life you're in. It could be a journal you write down. It could be a list that you write out. But just writing down the things that make you you, whether that's your values or what you want to do with your life or whatever that looks like. And I think referencing that consistently can be really helpful. Um, secondly, I think identifying triggers that aren't helpful. Um, so anything that kind of pulls you away from what you value, anything that goes against what you value and, and being as much aware of that as you can be 
Um, I think sometimes those things can have a sneaky way of getting in there and we don't realize it. And then we're like, oh, this is affecting me in this way. <laughs> um, and then I think it's about communicating. So when you are feeling that pressure to change your body or feeling the need to go against something that you feel is part of your true core, like expressing that to someone. Maybe you have a therapist or dietitian you're working with. Maybe you have a friend that really helps with opening up to, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's your significant other. Um, I think when we are able to share our thoughts with other people, it gives those thoughts less power. Whereas when we take the, keep those things in it, it I, I'm a personally someone who deals with like rumination. And so I love to just like play that track over and over and over. Um, but when I can talk about it, whatever it may be, like it, it really helps me with releasing that thought um, and helps normalize having those thoughts as well. I mean, I think even my fiance and I have had conversations about body image and I'm like, this is great. Like I love knowing that sometimes you have a hard body image day mm -hmm. and vice versa. Um, so I, I think especially for men, whole nother conversation. Um, but, but a lot of times like they don't have that space to talk about that. So um, I'm glad that we have that open communication, which has been yeah. super helpful. Yeah. Um, and I'll just throw this little tidbit in there uh -huh. um, a little bit related to what we're talking about. But I, I think for me too, like a realization that I had to kind of have for myself, years ago was like I am looking for a partner to literally share my life with like our families will become one like we will be one for the rest of our life we'll raise a dog together maybe children like you know like you're with that person and I think so often early in dating people are like oh it's like who's the hottest guy you can get or like all these other weird games and things that happen and I just don't know that that's a really realistic example of what spending your life with someone ends up looking like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I really value too the, the idea that you brought up. I think it was the first tip that you offered of maybe sitting down, you know, brainstorming, putting pen to paper. I think things feel more real again, kind of like you said, when we take them outside of our brains, either in, into a space, you know, shared with someone else or on a piece of paper. But I love the idea of writing down, well, what are my values or how do I bring value in a way that has nothing to do with my body, with my physical appearance and something? Are you familiar with Brianna Campos on Instagram? She goes by oh. body image with Brie. I love me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So something, yeah, I, I love her and her content so much, but something that I think I picked this up in a training or a session with her, maybe it was in our podcast episode too, where she, you know, has the idea of writing down what are my values? You know, what makes me a great human being again, that has nothing to do with my body. And then if we take a certain, you know, thought pattern or a behavior that we're having or that we're engaging in, and then we compare it, how does this align with my values? Does it go with them? Does it go against them? Kind of having that moment of just comparison to say, is what I'm doing, is what I'm thinking, is the story I'm telling myself, is that helping me to become closer to who I want to be? Or is it actually, you know, putting me farther away from that goal? So I think, you know, what I learned from her that really stood out based on what you just said as well. And look at that. Great minds must think alike. <laughs> I love well, it. Is our, our final kind of question here before I ask where people can find you? Um, and I know this is a tough question to ask, especially since your first response to all of my questions so far has been, how do I narrow it down? <laughs> so I'm going to ask you this question. I'm hopeful that it won't be too stressful, but if anyone who is listening right now, and again, they're in the season of life where they're dating, they're engaged, they're planning for a wedding, whatever that might look like. If they are like, 
Emily, I need one takeaway. I want your like one piece of advice, the golden nugget of just something to keep in mind throughout this season of life. What might you offer them as kind of a, a tidbit, a takeaway, in addition to all that we've talked about so far, but to kind of bring things to a wrap? Yeah. I mean, I think like whoever's listening to this, like you are awesome and amazing and worthy of love. 100% as you are, whether you have no makeup on, you're laying on the couch or you're done up, like driving to work, like I don't care. Um, and I think if there's anything that happens in life, whether it's something you see on Instagram or something you see on TV that makes you feel not those things, those things are a lie. And I think continuing to just find things in life that make you feel good about yourself, make you feel like you're enough and you're loved and you're worthy is so, so important. And I think continuing to remind yourself of those things is only going to help you value yourself more when you show up to the dating field or when you show up to your engagement pictures or when you show up to your wedding day, um, because you want to have the respect of your romantic partner in that exact same way to continue to foster those really good relationships with your body um, for the rest of your life. Ooh, do I need to hand you the microphone so you can drop <laughs> it on your end? Mic drop with that. I couldn't agree more with you with everything that you said. And I think that's a, a really powerful way to kind of wrap up this entire conversation. So people, if you need the takeaway one more time, rewind it about a minute and a half, <laughs> listen to what Emily has to say again, and, you know, take that and, you know, move forward from this episode with that reminder in hand. So for anyone who is like, this girl rocks my socks off. Do people still say that? Did I just sound like a thousand years old? I don't know. Own it. We're going to bring it back if it's not a thing anymore. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> so for people who are like, this girl rocks my socks off. She's amazing. I want to learn more from her. Some of maybe even the content that you've created around this topic that we're speaking on. How can people find you? Where's the best place to seek you out? So I uh, mostly am on Instagram. So you can just search we all eat. It's normally we all underscore eat. Um, but if you just search we all eat, it will come up. Um, I'm a little bit on TikTok, same username, but not quite as much as Instagram. Um, those are kind of the two places. And I have a website, www.weall-eat.com. Okay. Make sure you put the dash in that website. I think the first time that I tried to find you or your email, I forgot the dash and it didn't go through. So yeah. Yeah. We all I, I hate that I have the dash, but we all eat's taken and I hasn't been used since like 2015 and I can't figure out a way to get it. So, you know, we work with a dash. And so it might me. be a little bit easier to read with a dash so it doesn't all run together. I don't know pluses and minuses for sure. So yeah. for anyone who is listening, go find her, go find, I love the name we all eat, by the way. So true. <laughs> no truer yeah. statement has ever been Absolutely. made. Yeah. Find her out for more information about just intuitive eating, eating disorder recovery, you know, dating, wedding, engagement, navigating that while hopefully staying as far away as possible from diet culture. But Emily, it has been wonderful to connect with you, get to put a voice and a face to the name. And how I always sign off here on the podcast is kind of like we're signing a letter. So we'll say yours, Julie, Claire, and Emily. And that's our show for today. Again, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 109 here on the pod with Emily and I. I hope you learned a couple of things about how to navigate dating, 
wedding season, engagement season, if that is something that you're working through while keeping Diet Coulter as far away as possible from any and all of that. As always, if you enjoyed any part of today's episode or if you like anything else here that we share on the Yours Truly podcast, I would be so forever grateful if you could take a couple of moments to tap those five stars. If you have another moment that you're willing to offer, maybe tap in and leave a review as well, letting us know what you love, what you're learning, anything that you would like to hear, either more or less of. Very open to feedback and again would be very grateful if you could leave that wherever you are listening to today's episode. That is the best way that the podcast can grow and start to reach the ears of more individuals who could benefit from hearing what we share. But again, thanks so much for being here and of course I will be back next week, Wednesday to be exact, with another episode of the podcast. But until then, hang in there and take care.